All right, Thursday Theology. What's going on, people? I've recorded this intro like 300 million times. I don't even care what you think about this. We're doing theology. Stay tuned. Hey, all right. Mm. Okay, so did you hear um, our talk, uh, our little discussion? I think it was... Yeah, it was me and Nick on the sacraments, the seven sacraments of Rome. Oh, no, I haven't listened to it yet. No. All right. Well, no. uh, we, I got like, I've only got like 400 to go until I've caught up from my, after my holiday. I know. I'm amazed. Like, like what, you know, what totally amazes me. We, I mean, we got high content, right? So we're putting this stuff out like all the time and dudes are tracking, you know, they're just like, you know, if, if I'm not out with a Monday, they're like, where's Monday? <laughs> You know? <laughs> like, I've obviously got a routine, bro. Guys, guys, guys like their routine. I'm like, dude, I you can't know? even keep up with our content. Let alone, I mean, it's amazing. I'm oh, the one putting it out, and I'm still not, you know, up to. So yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. So we got to stay. We got to stay on top. You know, this is. Um, I know, man. No slipping, bro. Well, I, I would, you know, appreciate a bit of slowing down because I, I, uh, I, I can't, can't keep up with it all. Yeah. I'm also, you know, trying to occasionally listen to other dudes, but you know, there you nah, go. no time for that. It's all about two weeks. Nah, you know what I was thinking it. the other day? If we ever went, like, if we decided, oh, Klein, that's so ten years ago. Uh, we're doing like one kingdom. You know, we're going like totally one age preterist post-millennial right let's just say let's just say oh. that that happened oh. <laughs> you know, the we, could, we could still call it two age sojourn you know why <laughs> because it would be two age sojourners <laughs> oh man oh boy yeah i, I see where you're going with that <laughs> I just think we should. I mean, we it should, wouldn't uh, work if it was just me. You'd need at least two of us. Sarah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible idea. It's just awful. All right. Well, I just thought it's I'd throw just it the worst. <coughs> okay. All right. So, anyways, if, I bring up this. If you go one kingdom preterist framing on me, I'm I'm leaving. No, no. I have I have firmly concluded that is just the way of error right there. Um, okay. I, I I have been thinking about starting my own <coughs> podcast, Mike. Are you going to call it the one age surgeon? No, no, I'm going to call it Balaam's ass. <laughs> that's been my, that's the, been my, I think it's such a good name for a podcast. Because you're a false prophet? No, because I restrained the prophet's madness. Ah, very nice. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I like it. Balaam's ass. That's such cute. a good name for a podcast. Copyright. Yeah. I've copyrighted that. You haven't, even, you you haven't even got time for that, bro. Don't even go there. I don't have time for that. Just, just try and put in your hours, yeah. Because I got a friend who's uh, who's uh, yeah Christian from a previous church, and he um, works in you know special effects for Hollywood films. So mm -hmm. like you know all the the Avengers films and stuff, he does all the explosions and whatever oh. in the background. Wow! And uh, and he's he's constantly nagging me about starting like a YouTube channel uh, um, with like just two minute videos answer the questions thing. Yeah, and so. Like, <clears throat> I'm like, that's cool, bro. Just make it happen. And it doesn't make it happen because he works like 80 hour weeks. So, <laughs> oh, you mean so like, that's, that's... like someone needs to set up lighting and record oh, like, it? Like, I, like I, I haven't got time to, like, you know, yeah. 
actually set it up and buy cameras and work out how to stream things on YouTube. I ain't, I ain't got time for that. No, totally. So if somebody else wants to do it, I'll do it, you know, but like it's, um, I do need someone to, to take the initiative on it. Totally. totally. But I'm, you know, it's, it's about the, the, I think it's, you know, I'm, I'm totally over the thing now about needing to be some sort of, uh, famous celebrity pastor in order to do stuff like this because I think um, we just need to flood the interweb with good Christian content. Yeah, content more the merrier. More the merrier. Yeah, exactly. And uh, but the problem with those two minute things, you know, I, I really appreciate them. They're they're, they're really cool. They're, there's this one guy I can't remember his name now, but he does some great stuff. Um, anyways, but you need you need a lot of you know to get what did Winston Churchill say? It was, you know, I'm sorry that. Um, I'm sorry that my speech is so long. I didn't have time to prepare a shorter one. Yeah, well, you that's know? true. Yeah, and, and it's just like yeah, that's with those little ones. They are the, you know, those are the really the time consumers. Um, so that would be the thing for me. I'm just like, dude, to to take take that level of prep um, every week would just be unbelievable because it's hard. I find it really difficult to boil it down. I'm doing an overview series now on, 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 you know, Sunday to yeah. Sunday and oh my goodness, it is, I just forgot what a torturous process it is. You know, yeah. there's so I many important things. I mentioned that to my elders. I was like, Hey, my brother's doing this series where he's doing like one sermon on every book of the Bible. And they're like, oh, that's an awesome idea. You should do that. And oh. I'm like, uh, no, I don't oh, know. Man. Well, at least, at least you can just like plagiarize me. That's true. Yeah, I, I could was, just do that. In fact, can. I could just get you. I could just play your sermons. <laughs> oh, wait, you're not recording them anymore, are well, you? It's just like you wouldn't. No, we are. We're totally recording them legit. But it's like, you know, you wouldn't have to worry that someone's going to sue you for plagiarizing. Well, I might sue well, you. Well, you might sue me. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. true. I might try and get my birthday present on time. <laughs> that's, you could sue me. Sue me for about, you know, $70. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That'd be good. I'd be happy with that. But I'm talking about two minutes, though. What's our two minutes on the sacraments? Two minutes on the sacraments. Well, here's my here's my question. Like, um, why do Baptists not like the word sacrament? Well, does Nick like the word sacrament? Yeah, he does. I don't okay. think originally though, but it's been a journey for Nick, young Nick, uh, young okay. grasshopper. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let me let me just throw some like like Spitfire sort of issues at you about the the sacraments thing. Mm -hmm, so like mm -hmm. I, I like the idea of sacraments. I call them sacraments, mm -hmm. and that may just be because you know I grew up Presbyterian, and so sacrament I was always comfortable with the language of yeah, yeah. of sacraments, and I was comfortable with the language of means of grace. But mm -hmm. I know that lots of people have trouble with calling the Lord's Supper a means of grace. Wow, yeah. Um, but I don't. I'm I'm cool with that. Mm -hmm. And then uh, what was really interesting. Because I was preaching through 1 Corinthians 11 and uh, talking about that. And uh, the, the things that are really interesting from 1 Corinthians 10 is where he talks about how when you participate in the, in the cup of thanksgiving, you, mm. you participate with Christ, mm. with his blood. Totally. And so there is, a, there is something, that koinonia, that mm. happens there. Yeah. And then they get, they get put to death, basically, because they're not... Um, yeah. Because they're they're dishonoring it, and therefore they dishonor the body and blood of Christ. Yeah. So it's basically to to do uh, to to celebrate the Lord's Supper in a blasphemous way mm. earns you death. Mm. You know. Wow. So that surely that says that there is something very important going on there. Yeah. And uh, and the fact that it is a genuine participation. But there's just one more thing mm. um, that really struck me that I thought 
is you know it it kind of has a bearing on the whole Kleinian thing and the sixteen eighty nine federalism mm. thing mm. Um, and, and how the two intersect is that you know when he talks about you know in I think it's ten sixteen he talks about the you know you can't participate in the cup of demons and the cup of Christ mm. you know and if you participate. <laughs> If you take part, if you take the cup with thanksgiving, um, you participate with Christ. If you take the, uh, you know, go to the idol feast, you participate with demons, and you mm. can't do both, right? Yeah. And then he says, he uses an example from Israel, mm-hmm. and he says, you know, did they not also participate when they were enjoying the Passover feast? Yeah. And and taking part in the sacrifices. Mm-hmm. So the the whole thing seems to be that, you know, insofar as uh, Israel were participating in a sacrament, so also the church is participating in the sacrament. Uh, and therefore, yeah. Yeah. you know, that seems to be the line of reasoning. So mm. if, if anybody is willing to use the word sacrament to describe the Lord's Supper, mm. they should also be willing to use the word sacrament to describe the Passover. Yeah, yeah, totally. Or, or, or the sacrificial system. Right. Yeah, I mean, everyone obviously has, well, anyone who is a Baptist is on, I suppose, right at the, the, the end of the Reformation process, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and, and so they want to get the furthest, the furthest away that they can from Rome, you know? And, um, and so obviously when you're talking sacraments, you're using that language of Rome and you're opening yourself to the possibility of a sacerdotalism or, you know, something along yeah. those lines, um, which, you know, again, it's, it's like, is that a legit argument? I don't know. It's just that, that, that falls into the realm of semantics for me, you know, like the mm-hmm. word Christian was used by Rome, you know what I mean? <laughs> the word yeah, Jesus yeah. was used by Rome. Um, exactly. I don't know. It just doesn't Easter. feel like a, yeah. yeah. And so, um, and, and especially because so much of the controversy from, even from Kelvin Luther onwards had to do with this idea of, of the Lord's Supper and the sacrament. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it just, it really, killed the possibility of us just simplistically accepting a sacerdotalism from Rome. You know what I mean? Like it's just mm-hmm. not a, mm-hmm. a possibility for anyone who even has an ounce of, uh, of understanding of, of, of the whole uh, evolution of thinking in, in terms of Protestant um, moving away from Rome. So, so yeah, I mean like, you know, I think we should use the term. Absolutely. I, if for nothing else, uh, even the continuity that it, that it does show on, especially those, those particular two, uh, you know the Lord's Supper and, and baptism. I mean, those are the things that unite the church, and so I like I like the idea of of just keeping that language. But then the other thing is, I want something that, as Barcelos put it, indicates that what you're doing there is more than a memory, which is typically the yeah. the view that that a Baptist would have, just that it is, but a time for us to be act, yeah. you know, act, actioning our memories, you know, and so through that. Um, you know, increasing our faith when that's really not the idea. Um, certainly mm-hmm. we remember mm-hmm. and that's good, you know, but, but it's not just that we remember. It's that the, you know, as Horton's so big on, um, it's that it's an activity of the Lord, you know, he, he yeah. uses our remembering and he uses the actual uh, sacrament itself as a means to which to strengthen us, which is just profound, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah, and obviously you have to eat and drink by faith, otherwise it's not gonna. Yeah. It's not magic, and, and that it's would be the Protestant be... part, you know. That's the whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so if Rome, you know, <laughs> as soon as you lose the faith thing, you go Rome. Um, yeah, they don't have what's. There's a fancy Latin expression for you know it doesn't have it in and of itself. The, yeah, the sacraments uh, don't have power in and of themselves. Ex opera operato. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's 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 through faith. So in a sense, it's no different to if someone's preaching the gospel to you. It's not the yeah. it, you know. It is only when it's when it's received with faith that mm. it's effectual. Yeah. And in the same way, you know, you can participate in the sacraments, but it's only if it's received with faith that it becomes effectual. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a pretty strong case for believers' baptism, right? Because, yeah, I don't understand how baptism could be a sacrament and be applied to children. Right, and that um, well, that's they have to they have to start saying well, the sign and the thing signified are not temporally bound, and then the whole you know blah 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 yakety yeah. schmackety sixty eighty nine baby. I, I get it. I know the arguments. It's just it just doesn't make much sense to me though. Like in in the sense that. Uh, it, it, it seems to deny the very thing that a, that a sacrament is meant to be, which Precisely. is a means of grace yeah. to the person. Who yeah. Yeah. So it's that yeah. question you, you you asked from from you know ages ago. But mm -hmm. What does it actually do for the child? You right. know, right. Um, in the sense that the child has no experience of being baptized. You, you, you know, you, you, the the danger is. I know Baptists are often accused by hardcore Peter Baptists of spiritual child abuse because we've denied our children the sacrament. <laughs> yeah, but I, like I, I think that I think you could equally, <clears throat> and I don't, I, you know, I obviously wouldn't make this claim, <laughs> but I think the irony is that you, you could equally make the charge and say, well, it's spiritual child abuse because you've essentially by baptizing them when they're children, you've deprived them of the experience when they're older. Well, I mean, no um, kidding. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so it's like, and that's what a sacrament's meant to be. It's meant to be something that actually genuinely, yeah. Um, encourages you. Well, it's just meant to do what happens at the Lord's table, which is just the whole thing that we were always saying. Like, it's a, you know, so whatever is true for the one is true for the other, you know? So unless you're willing to go pay yeah. the communion, you know, don't even, don't even play, you know, just, just get these things in line and, and, uh, one time. yeah, exactly. So, um, but, but going back to 1689 federalism mm, mm. and the whole, the whole business about actually, uh, the new covenant not being in effect, um, you know, until the, the the coming of Christ, so you have this kind of yeah. uh, foreshadowing, and uh, this kind of gradual revealing mm -hmm. of the coming new covenant mm -hmm. uh, through types and shadows and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But um, but no actual new covenant until until the until the coming of Christ, which in one sense I don't have any difficulty with no, because no. Yeah. Um, everyone believes you know, that. Yeah. It, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just whether or not there was something actually more substantial taking place. Yeah. And I, I'm, careful, I'm trying to be careful how to use my language because I know that some of the some of these are trigger words for for people who yeah. are you know in this in this world. But yeah. the the whole idea of of um, you know the, the the blood of bulls and goats doesn't take away sins. No. But did it do something? I guess is 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 the question. Yeah, I mean. Um... Oh man, have you ever read that article um, by Lee Irons um, concerning Leviticus? No, I um, haven't read anything by Lee Irons. So. Wow. Okay, let me see if I can pull it up quick because 
um, yeah, on this exact point, I mean, the whole eschatological intrusion um, as it plays into, you know, basically you got these Israelites that are, that are essentially using this visual representation of the Messiah to come as a sacrament, but mm-hmm. so allowing, I mean, you know, what the Baptists, what the federal, uh, 1699 Federalists, and, and please, for the record, Andre, not Federal Vision. Right, <laughs> not sixty-nine federal visionists. <laughs> no, just just so we're clear. <laughs> moving forward, the, the Baptists. That's now we're totally talking about the Baptist chat. guys. It's a small, it's a small and obscure movement, but nevertheless, <laughs> not to be confused. <laughs> exactly, um, and uh, you know they're, they're seeing this stuff, and, and 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 it's true. The new covenant is being retroactively applied, um, but it's being applied through the use of means in a exactly what we talk about in a, in terms of a sacramental way. Um, so uh, I think Kleinian eschatological intrusion is huge in helping uh, to explain this. Um, but let me just see if I can quickly... Um, uh, how do you spell sacrament? Sacrament? I think it's sacrament. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Um, all right, so here we go. I think I've just searched. Hopefully we've hit it first shot here. But uh, Ayn says, as sacraments, the sacrifices, uh, talking about in Leviticus, were mm-hmm. a real and efficacious means of grace to the elect Israelites. When offered in yes. faith, the benefits of Christ's atonement were applied to them by means of the type. In this sense, the sacrifices mediated present spiritual realities and benefits to the Old Testament believers, functioning in their inner core as part of the realized eschatology of the Old Covenant order, which is great. Um, and then, yeah. uh, so within the Mosaic covenant, which is a covenant of works, yeah, you did have, um, the, the covenant of grace, you know, present through, um, oh, yeah. through, through these kind of sacramental things. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I like what, what, what Lee Eins is, is, is uh, Irons does is that he um, distinguishes between the mosaic economy and the mosaic covenant, which I think is very helpful. In that you've got okay, yeah. you've got you know the, the Abrahamic covenant running through. I don't know. In some ways, I think it's helpful to think about it like train tracks running through the entire mosaic period. Um, mm-hmm. But in some ways, it's a unirail. You know, in the in the sense that it's one mosaic covenant that has as as its basis this this idea of the abrahamic covenant um so you know wh- wh- however you want to think about that uh the bottom line is that you know the gracious part is coming from the promise made to abraham and the 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 typological law covenant of works thing is happening at a national level um and so that would be from the sinai covenant um, mm-hmm. but talking about the efficacy of the sacrifices this is the part i wanted to read earlier he says at this point I would like to discuss the question of the efficacy of the sacrifices. Uh, In his book, The Structure of Biblical Authority, Professor Klein develops the concept of intrusion, which he defines as an actual projection of the heavenly reality in earthly forms that veil and yet at the same time reveal the glory to come. All of the types and shadows of the mosaic economy, there's that uh, Mm -hmm, phrase mm -hmm. there, are thus eschatological intrusions. The sacrifices, uh, sorry, the sacrifices are merely one instance of the intrusion principle. So I think that's very, very cool. Klein also, he says, distinguishes between the shell and the core of the intrusion. The shell is the temporary earthly form in which the spiritual substance is manifest in the contents 
uh, context of visible earthly theocracy. So, you know, all that stuff that we usually think about in terms of theocracy and eschatological intrusion, I think is, uh, as as uh, Ayn's pointed out, is so, so helpful in, t- in terms of this very issue of sacramental um, kind of... Uh, perspective with regard to the, the the sacrifices and the reason why that has a payoff is you start seeing why the whole thing does have continuity in what we do now in the in the lord's supper you know again we're we're in the already not yet you know this is this is um you know it's the same thing times a million you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so that's not necessarily so from my perspective though that's not necessarily a conflict with 1689 federalism well they don't it is because um of well it's not in the firstly it's not in the sense that everyone's basically saying it's the retroactivity of what christ did in the new covenant yes. right um yeah they, they would they wouldn't i mean i in my dealings with these guys they basically wouldn't be comfortable talking about it as sacraments and i think uh, if you remember back to that conversation yeah. with brandon yeah, yeah, yeah. um he might have been an anomaly in that but but basically, you know, he just didn't want the sacramental language at all, you know, even in the new covenant. Um, and so, yeah, I he, think- was, he was, he was, he was creating a very strong dividing line between yeah. old and new Testament in that sense. Right. Well, you know, and well, in some sense it was, it was all continuous in that he was just saying like, none of it works in a sacramental way. It's all just a memory or in their, in their case, a hope, you know? Um, and so, it's through the actual visible typological pointer to the gospel that, that they were, you know, that they were, had that, that grace applied to them in the same way that we Mm -hmm. now look, look at the sacrament um, or the ordinance and, and we um, remember and uh, through the picture of the gospel, you know, the, the grace is uh, applied. And so he just wants less mystery in that whole process. But again, like I know he's different there from Barcelona, so I don't want to make too much of that. Uh, Brandon Adams doesn't really represent it. But um, the, the the other thing, though, um, with regard to the disagreement, because that's the agreement that we see this re- re- basic retroactivity. Uh, the disagreement comes in in that as soon as you start saying that uh, anything but the new covenant itself um was retroactively applied you are you know you're tramping on on the federalism thing so for for me i'd be totally happy to say that the actual overarch so in other words it wasn't the new covenant that was being applied per se rather the new covenant was the fullest expression of the covenant of grace which had been developing over history and at this point was being uh, uh, typologically administered. So, and what I mean by typologically administered is is exactly what we've been talking about here in that it it gets, the the grace gets given through the means of a sacramental, um, sacrificial animal, you know? Um, Yes, where does that grace come from? Sorry, go for it. Yeah, so would 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 you say that... Um, so that, would you would you not say that you're a 1609 federalist? Then? Well, you see, the thing is, like, there are a few things. I mean, it depends how you define the 1609 federalism thing. Um, like, if it's defined on whether you believe the Abrahamic covenant is a gracious or, you know, legal covenant. Um, well, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I think I wouldn't be a 1689 federalist then. But, but I don't think actually that that is the way you. I, I thought about it and I realized, you know. Okay, fine. We disagree on what's going on with Abraham over there, but we're actually in agreement that that's not 
that the Abrahamic covenant itself is not the covenant of grace. Like I agree with the mm-hmm. Federalists, they're, they're making a good point there in that that's where the, the whole debacle starts, you know, as in, in Presbyterian theology, as soon as you start saying the Abrahamic covenant is the covenant of grace, um, mm-hmm. legitimately, like every part of it, it's, it, there's no difference from any other part uh, as it moves forward. Well, obviously you've got yourself a, a, a theology of infant baptism there, but it's, you know, you've, you've flattened out the reading of scripture. It's terrible. So, uh, you know, I, I think the best of reformed theology would say that the Abrahamic covenant was an administration of the covenant of grace, not the covenant of grace. So to the degree that the Federalists are pointing that out, I'm totally 100% on board with that. Um, Mm -hmm. And so whether I call it gracious ultimately in its, in its principle or, you know, works driven, it's, it's, it's almost like it's irrelevant to the basic scheme of federalism in that the thing actually lies uh, in, in, in this, they're saying that the new covenant is the covenant of grace. So in other words, there is no theological construct at all. There is a real exegetical, in-time, temporal covenant of grace, and that's called the new covenant, right? So the actual expression covenant of grace really gets thrown out of the window ultimately. They wouldn't want to say that because they think they're just really retaining the very meaning of it. But in, in reality, I mean, as Scott Clark is pointing yeah. out, it's just like, come on, you know, it's just, it's just not really helpful. Um, and so, you know, at that level, I think, you know, that's really where it's going to come down to. If, if 1689 federalism wants to insist on the new covenant being the covenant of grace to the exclusion of there being any theological construct beyond that, well, you know, they will then exclude those who, who believe in um, the theology of the covenant of grace. Um, but to the degree that they soften on that idea, um, you know, uh, essentially we're, on, we're talking about exactly the same thing But whenever you look at the retroactivity side of it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I think so. So it's very. I mean, you know, I think uh, to be fair, like I'm not a 1689 federalist, you know, but like yeah, I still no, feel every time yeah. I think about it, I'm always glad to be erring on that side than the other side, you know. Um, yes, because the John Ball Westminster crazy theonomy side is like I just want nothing to do with that. So if if this, you know, you got to pick a team, and at the end of the day. Um, you know, the actual nuance of 69 federalism is just simply not in the confession. So mm-hmm. it could never, you know, it, it'll only at best be a group of people who hold to that larger unity of the confession. So, uh, you know, I don't want yeah. people to hear me saying, you know, am I a, a Reformed Baptist covenant theology guy? Yes, I am. And, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and 100% so. Um, but with, in terms of that sort of little, little subsect of, of that in, in the, um, the 69 Federalist gang, you know, I'm, you know, not quite there, but that's okay. I mean, no, it, it, it just, it just throws a little bit of the baby out with the bathwater. So it's kind of like, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's clear, it's cleared out the bathwater a bit, but it's yeah. also, um, thrown away some things that didn't need to. Totally. I mean, it, 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 it verges. It's weird. Cause we, we got, conf- you know, we were talking the other day about, federalism, uh, a federal vision, at least, and 1689 mm-hmm. federalism. And, you know, the, the, the unifying point there is that they're both thinking the same way about the Abrahamic covenant. You know, they're, yeah. both, they're both talking yeah. about it as a covenant of works, which is just ironic. But then the other, the other thing is that, um, you know, you have this constant uh, back and forth about the, 
the, the new covenant being the covenant of grace. And the problem, you can't help, I mean, and you see this come out in the threads and whatnot. People hear that as something very close to dispensationalism or at least new covenant theology, which is, uh, you know, too far for me. It's too close to the edge in that regard. So, um, yeah. yeah, it does sound that way. Yeah, especially <laughs> yeah. when you're dividing things Old and New Testament. I think that's that's been not the the whole thing about Reformed theology is it doesn't divide Old and New Testament. Yeah, you know, it, exactly. It it divides, you know, on covenant the- theological grounds, and yeah. so. Um, that you know the, the whole division, Old and New Testament, and so tightly divided as mm. well, like you know, mm. such a hard divide. Mm. Um, does it does come across as a little bit, you know, dispensational? But uh, you know, that's just yeah, no, the, it's not. I know that's not what it means. But. No, totally, totally, it's not. Uh, but but you know, they do miss an ongoing principle, I think. And I remember just talking to Sam about this when um, when he was down lecturing, and it's just like you, you know. It, they're ripping out the soul of, it feels to me, this is why I don't like it. As soon as you take that grace thing going on with Abraham and mm. its antithesis with what comes later with the Mosaic uh, covenant, um, as soon as you remove that kind of antithesis that Paul brings out later, um, what happens is you you end up like losing the soul of what's going on in the Old Testament story because again and again yeah. and again, you just read it. It's not even cryptic. You just, there it is again and again where God goes, okay, here's what's going to go down. You're going to fail. You're going to wipe out. You're going to mess up. It's going to be so bad. And, and yet I'm not going to throw you away completely. I'm not going to cast you away completely. Why? Not because I'm going to remember my covenant with Moses, but because mm-hmm. I'm going to remember my covenant with Abraham, you know, and with Jacob yeah. and with Isaac. And, and and he says that so many times, you know, and it's, it's the, it couldn't be clearer that there's this grace driving the whole story. Fair enough. It's administered, uh, administered typologically. No one's denying that, but you know, it is still there. And, um, and, and so the, the, the talk of retroactivity doesn't do justice to all of that because, you know, if it's still at its core is a works-based principle um, that inherits the promise by, by works, then it is essentially no different from what was promised later with Moses. And then it leads all of that to, to, to just sound like, you know, confused talk, uh, which of course it's not, it's the gospel, every, every page of scripture. So, uh, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's really what bugs me about it. And so the, the whole thing about the bringing it back to the sacraments is that um, it's not necessarily proof either way, mm. but it just seems to fit better with yeah. the sort of more Kleinian totally. uh, way of thinking about things than it does with a strict 1689 federalism way of thinking about things. I think, I think if you had to be consistent about the whole thing, 1689 federalism will have to, will have to really think about, well, it's very interesting that, that Sam Rennie in his book, you know, his dissertation doesn't deal with the Sabbath a whole lot, you know? Um, okay, yeah. and, and that's something they're going to have to think about. And then the other thing is this issue of, of sacramentalism, Barcelos, and they, they've been doing good work in terms of showing a, a Baptist sacramentalism. But I think the 1689 federalism is going to get in the way of that. And uh, I, I'm not sure exactly when they're going to kind of come to heads with that whole thing. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think what mm-hmm. we're talking about now is relevant because, you know, if you, uh, Kleinian or no, you know, if you have a theology of sacramentalism in the Old Testament, along with this understanding of the covenant of grace, it's not it's not difficult at all to come to the new covenant mm-hmm. and see it just, you know, move forward and increase in its strength. Um, 
But if you've been denying it the whole way, then there's no place for it in the new covenant. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, totally. Well, that's enough to think about yeah. for a Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's right. All right. Good. Um, take it easy, guys. And uh, if you, I mean, where do people need to even start? If they've never heard of 1689 federalism, where do they need to start? Oh, my goodness. Don't Pascal Deneau. Oh. Is that how you said Pascal Deneau? His book? Yeah, I suppose. But they don't have to buy the book. Okay, go to Brandon's website. 1689federalism.com. That'll get you cleared up on on that. And then just read. I think you should buy the book. I think the book is really helpful. The book was really good. simple. It was actually because it contrasts them the whole way through, so yeah. you get a, a sense of the difference. Yeah, that's true. It's probably what worth you it. need to do is create another volume. <laughs> yeah, that contrasts it with like Kleinian covenant theology. Mm, man, because because sometimes you know that's that's really the thing. Because sometimes yeah. you you know you, you, it's it's a very helpful critique of traditional. Reformed yeah. covenant theology. And also, as Baptists, we differ from Klein a whole lot as well. So yeah. it is worth spelling that out. But okay, well, that's another time. We'll think of resources later. <laughs> Ho- hopefully that uh, that just gets someone interested or at least uh, makes it more confusing to them, which is what we do best. So That's right. Amen. It's got to get worse before it gets better. That's so. right. Just keep moving through the darkness, people. Um, <laughs> feel the sun coming on. All right, mm. Let, let's roll the tape before it gets crazy. Mm.